Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever the mission, home or away, Enterprise helps over 120,000 people every day. With vans of all shapes and sizes, if you have a plan, Enterprise has a van. No matter if you need to rent for an hour, a day, a week or longer, Enterprise offers great rates for you or your business. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, my friends. Happy Wednesday and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, Andy Goldstein. And lots of good news today. Of course, the main thing being I'm looking at what's coming up on today's podcast and not one mention of Max Rushton. I mean, if you need a bit of good news at the moment, that surely has made everyone go, hooray! So um, long may that continue. Anyway... We begin a great podcast with the wonderful Ian Holloway. He was on The Breakfast Show with the brilliant Laura Woods. And he was saying that people flouting lockdown rules are idiotic and the government should realign pay structures so NHS staff are paid more. I'll tell you what, Mr Holloway, I agree with everything you've said or you're going to say now. Can they make it any clearer every day saying, by the way, don't go out, save the NHS and... Uh, help the NHS and save lives. Well, really, if you're flaunting that, there's something wrong with you. Because yeah. I'm sorry, if you had one day of doing on the front line all these doctors and nurses are having to do, you would not go out, I tell you, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's just frightening. So I'm religiously not doing that. So I'm trying to find things to make sure that we don't even go shopping. In the enormity of what is happening, I think the world's upside down. Top money should be being paid to not not entertainers. It should be being paid to people who work on the front line, who keep us all safe all the time. So, you know, that's what the government should do when they get a chance. Realign everybody's pay structure and make sure these doctors and nurses are absolutely paid the right amount of money so people want to do that for real in the future. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. And hopefully we'll stop doing unnecessary things. Time now to check in with the Drive Time boys. Uh, incidentally, I've got some interesting news about the Drive Time show today at four o'clock. They've got a big name star on it, but I'll tell you about that at the end of the podcast. No, why Why don't I just tell you now? Why do people say, I'll tell you a bit later on? I mean, it's a podcast. I'll tell you now and I'll tell you later on. So on the Drive Time show today from four with Goffey and Adrian, they will be speaking to Liverpool's Sadio Mane. How about that? That's going to be great. The full interview will go out on air at half past five. But I'll tell you more about that. Well, I won't tell you any more. I'll just repeat that. I've got no more information than all the information I've just given. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. The Moose was on drive yesterday, and he was talking about the FA chairman Greg Clark's comments that entire leagues could be lost to the COVID-19 crisis. It is a start warning from Greg Clark, and it comes off the back of, of course, of some of the FA staff being placed on furlough yesterday. I mean, the FA stands to lose because, obviously, 
uh, the Euros not taking place this summer and other events at Wembley which are non-sporting and non-football related taking place this summer uh, stands to lose in the range of 100 50 million pounds probably even more than that actually because it will lose events next summer as well yeah you would anticipate with the euros being put back by a year so it's it was an obvious statement really that greg clark had to put out and it is a very stark one as you say i think the clubs and the leagues that he is referring to here are very much the leagues and clubs at the bottom of the pyramid um i don't think he's, he's meaning teams in the in the uh the football league or the or the uh, premier league he says further down the football pyramid our leagues have requested the season be curtailed. That decision rests with the FA Council. Of course, not every club has asked for that. But he went on to say that uh, although committed to finishing the professional football season, as this resolves the issues of promotion and relegation together with the title winners on merit, however, we may not be able to finish the season as football is not our priority. Human life is 100% correct on that. Uh, and we'll do what the government directs. But he also says they don't want to sacrifice next season by finishing this season, which I'm not sure is exactly what has been laid down in the last couple of weeks by both FIFA, UEFA and the Premier League. Staying with Drive Time, they have this little feature where, of course, people that talk utter nonsense and garbage or they lose the plot, make it into a section they call Heads Gone because, you know, you've lost the plot and your heads, yeah, you've worked it out. Jamie O'Hara was on yesterday's show in the Heads Gone section. Niamey? Yeah. Hold on, I've not played with Niamey. 0910 Portsmouth? What? (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He played for Portsmouth. Oh, nine, yes. ten. Apparently, you'd shared a dressing room with him. Yes. Do you remember him now? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is extraordinary. Well, there were I the mean, days. <laughs> he, um, to be fair to Jamie, um, Jamie O'Hara was there. He played a lot of games that season for Pompey. I think he might have been their player of the player of the year. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but he, uh, Nancy Niamey did sign for Portsmouth. He was a backup keeper to David James. Uh, he worked with the keeper coaches as well. I don't think he played for Portsmouth's first team. So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, should Jamie know him? He's in the same squad as him for a season. Well, he'd train with him every day. He'd have tra- <laughs> He trained with him every day. Travelled on the team bus to games, even if he was a reserve keeper. He's uh, he's got this nickname on breakfast that's stuck. He hates it. Chunky, they call him. Um, oh, Jamie O'Hara got a f- oh. feel for the lad, really. Back now to the breakfast show with Laura Woods and Ali McCoist, and he was talking about Carl Walker saying he should be allowed to play for his country again. Should Kyle Walker be punished by not playing for his country again? My initial reaction would be no. I think that's very, very harsh and very, 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 very steep. That 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 uh, I don't think that's sort of um, mm. your sentence would fit the crime. To be quite honest with you, he's made a big, big mistake. As is Jack. Right, we, we we keep saying, you know, that uh, that um, footballers have at this moment in time the scrutiny on footballers is as great as it's ever been, because it's yeah. as if there's it's as if there's people out there just looking, waiting for an opportunity to pick. But as 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 a lot of the people have rightly said and defended footballers, footballers do far 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 more good than 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 not so good. And I just think the Kyle Walker incident and the Jack Grealish incident has has been brought to head due to circumstances clearly. Clearly, both of them have been completely and utterly wrong in what mm. in, in what they did. I mean, if the chief medical officer, for example, in Scotland can make a mistake that she made the other day yeah. there, yeah. then then it just shows that anybody anybody can make a mistake. So if you're asking me a question, 
you know, would the punishment, you know, fit that crime? I would have to say, no, I think that's very, very harsh. I really, really do. Uh, Smithy, I don't know where you stand on it. I mean, I think Kyle Walker has, has, you know, let himself down. Yes. Should it should it be the end of his international career? No. Staying with The Breakfast Show, Jamie O'Hara was saying that Gareth Southgate will come down hard on Carl Walker. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this one. He's had a great career, Carl Walker, and I am a big fan of him. I do like him as a player. And I think he's lost his way last season a little bit. His performances, he was in and out of the team, wasn't really the player that we've kind of seen from him. When he played for England, he seemed a bit different. He's obviously having some problems in his personal life at home. He's split up with his missus, so we don't know what's going on in his in his life. Um, but in terms of him being a responsible England role model, I think he's definitely put his... England career at risk with doing what he's done because at the end of the day you are representing Man City for one but you're also representing England you know and he's he is still a part of Gareth Southgate's squad even though he hasn't been in the last one I don't think he got in but um, he would still be if he had a great season he'd still be part of that England squad so I think he's definitely put that under risk and Southgate will definitely be having a word for him and I think Man City and England are going to come down hard on him I don't know if he'll play for England again now time to reminisce with Hawksby and Jacobs on their show one till four weekdays. They were looking back at Spurs against Chelsea, a match from 20 years ago. Now, of course, Paul Hawksby supports Spurs and Andy Jacobs is a big Chelsea fan. So 20 years ago, wow. That was, of course, when Andy Jacobs celebrated his 75th birthday and Paul his 65th. Great memories for both of them. I watched last night a very tasty game uh, between Spurs and Chelsea, 2001-2002. It was Teddy Sheringham's uh, return game, his debut return for Spurs. He scored twice. Yeah. 2-2 Chelsea scored. They won at the end, 3-2 Desai with a late winner. And uh, it was an ill-tempered game, actually. So, uh, but quite enjoyable. And uh, <laughs> Steve Dunn, these old refs, when they watch these games, they must cringe because f- Jimmy Floyd has to make, I don't know if you remember the game, but he goes through, it's 1-1. Ledley goes to challenge him. He doesn't get remember, anywhere he near it's, <laughs> it's absolutely a dive. But then, and he, he appeals. I still get annoyed about it. Don't wind me up. I'm right in front. And he falls yeah. over his own feet like normal wisdom. And he appeals for a penalty. And the dolt gives him a penalty. 08717. There's never a penalty. There's but then on the other hand, then he did a real makeup call about sort of 10 minutes later. Lamps, Frank Lampard went through. Clear penalty there by uh, Ledley King, a definite foul. And Steve decided, oh, no, I'll, I'll leave that one. <laughs> it was a brilliant makeup yeah. decision. Time now to check in with Jim White and Natalie Sawyer. And they had Tony Cascarino and Simon Jordan, Katie Price's ex husband, although I understand they are getting back together again. Anyway. They were going against each other on the reasoning for Liverpool placing their staff on furlough. A decision, of course, they as a club overturned two days ago. And Klopp, this would have sat badly with him. There was no way that he'd have been comfortable. He'd have sold the players in front of laying off 250 people at one time. I just don't believe he would manage that club in that way. It was a massive own goal from the club. If McDonald's, Weatherspoons, British Airways, Green King, Primark, Greggs, Costa Coffee, Pizza Express, Pret-a-Manger that employ 250, 300,000 people that make between them about five billion a year can furlough their staff, I'm not entirely sure why football clubs get the 
kind of reaction they're getting. I understand why there is an element of that at Liverpool because of the nature of the fan base's perspective, because of the outlook and attitude of Liverpool. But the basic principle behind this, the two most profitable football clubs in English football, Tottenham Hotspur and Liverpool, are the two clubs that went out and, make, and made a stance. And I don't understand why Liverpool fans are not more angry with their bloody players not coming to the fore and taking a pay cut. Because the leverage that was being brought by this furlough, Liverpool don't need 400 grand worth of savings from furlough. What Liverpool and Tottenham did it for was because they want to leverage the players. Because the players are not doing what they should be doing. And the reasons why they're not doing what they should be doing, despite the assertions from certain people that they're going to do this and they're going to do that, they've done nothing in four weeks. And the reasons why they haven't done it, Tony, is because they don't want to do it. And they're going to have to be made to do it. But that's a different argument, Simon. It's not, it's, it's, it's not a different argument. The, the argument around furlough, if a professional football club of Liverpool stature continue or took a furlough when they got a pay cut, I'd be the first person to say, that's wrong. There's no need for that. That's a disgrace. The only reason these clubs are taking furloughs in the Premier League and saving... they've got Liverpool have got a £22 million a month wage bill. They don't need to worry about 400 grand on furloughs. What they need to worry about is £7.5 million on player salaries that they can save. It was about leverage. Now, it's a, it's, I can understand the reasons why Liverpool fans react the way they do because of the nature of that football club. And I had a long conversation with a, very, with a former Liverpool player yesterday that, that corrected some of my thinking about that. But the bigger picture is not about furloughs, it's about the elephant in the room, is why won't these players come to the fore now? Why are they being dragged there, kicking and screaming by public opinion, to take a pay cut? Staying with the furlough debate, my goodness, I'm just getting bored of furlough now. Anyway, Hugh Wozencroft was hosting kickoff with Danny Mills, and this is Danny clashing with the Guardian's David Conn over furlough schemes. The furlough scheme and wasn't that, set and up and for clubs. It wasn't set up for businesses in a good position. You know, it was set up so you, you know, you could furlough your staff, so you could keep your business going until it comes out of, until it comes, until it business and stuff restarts, and then you can trade up again. And obviously, you can hi- basically you can hibernate your company for three months. Now, for most companies, hibernation for three months means almost economic disaster. Not for Premier League football clubs, it doesn't. Championship, League One, League Two, I get that because they're obviously on much tighter budgets and and things are are different with them. But as we said, it is not the the same principle. Isn't that the same? No, because if the Premier League stops, it has to give back 750 million. That means they've already had 750 million before they've actually given you that product. So they've had their money but up now front. now they're thinking we better not spend that, aren't they? Now they're thinking we better not spend that because we really don't know if we're going to be playing the uh, if we if we're going to be playing the games. But I do take your point that you can't furlough players. Money, that, that 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 is another problem. Yeah, you can't. And so that distinction between players and, if you like, normal staff, is always a horrible one when uh, finances are tight. So. When clubs go into administration, they go insolvent. It's always been a horrible spectacle that the players get paid in full, but businesses, and it used to be the staff as well, um, who are owed money by the clubs, don't. They get paid, you know, it used to be 10p in the pound and now it's 25p in the pound. So the, the status of the players as, you know, superstar millionaires in the Premier League compared to who have protected contracts compared to the staff never looks pretty when uh you know times are hard but 
that is the reality though isn't it for mm. the for the ordinary staff and I, i've been told that i do really take your point about the the delay and is there any mm. need to but the scale of criticism because I, i've been told that staff have been quite pleased because of all the um fates that can befall you in this terrible situation being put on furlough is one of the better ones isn't it because if you if your hours are cut then there's no getting that money back if you're laid off you're one of the as we now even last week it was already a million more people have applied for universal credit which as we know is poverty benefits which lead people end up on food banks in food banks mm. and the unions have been very active in negotiating the furlough scheme and setting it up and we're very pleased that it was set up and have been very pleased every time a company puts staff on furlough rather than laying them off so the scale of criticism i i, I do take mm. your point but it's only because the furlough scheme is being presented as clubs grasping at public money which is a relatively small amount of public money you know for those staff at the football clubs and um and is, is, once the they do scheme, get back up isn't the well, furlough just, scheme just to David, finish this what, point just sorry, to finish God. this point danny just to finish <laughs> this point once they do get back on their feet then what they're saying is we will be generating money again and we'll be paying all our taxes again i'm natalie sawyer and this is talk sport daily yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparcel Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus of the Biparcel Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode of the Talksport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. And we finished the podcast in the, uh, the best possible way, really. With the Sports Bar. My show, Andy Goldstein, Sports Bar, Monday, Thursday from 10 pm. Lots of good name guests. We have Matt Lissis on and other big names as well that I'm sure Tom, our producer, who makes the podcast, will put into this bit coming up now. Incidentally, if you do want to download other bits of podcasty stuff, you can. I'll tell you how to do that in just a moment. But on the Sports Bar of the last couple of days, we've had Robbie Williams was on, and on yesterday's podcast, Declan Rice made it in as well. So loads of greatness coming out of the Sports Bar. And so supposedly George Ware uh, rings the training ground at Southampton, asks to speak to Graham Souness. Uh, Graham was out um, taking a training session at the time, so he came back in, had a message left for him. Can you give George Ware a call back on this number? Uh, so he gives him a call back. Uh, George says, you know, my, my cousin is in England. He's, uh, I think he's a very good footballer. I think you should take a look at him. Uh, I think he could be good for you. 
so he came into training um, a couple of days before. It was like I think it was a Thursday or fr- uh, Wednesday or Thursday, uh, and he trained a couple of days with us. And um, it, it was quite odd because he was he was kind of training with us, and, and I'm kind of looking at him thinking, "What's he doing here?" Uh, I, I thought honestly thought he'd want a competition to come and train with us. Wow! Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> And on the Friday, we I mean, had a five-a-side, and he, and, he, and he wasn't particularly great in that. And um, so, at the end of training, uh, I was I was um, taking a few penalties. Uh, and I just wanted a little bit of practice. And um, and just as I was about to take my last penalties, I went went up to strike. I just felt a little a little twinge in my thigh muscle. I thought, oh, that's, yeah, that didn't that didn't feel great. I'll stop now, just in case. I just you know don't want to don't want to do any more for just in case I can't play tomorrow. So um, so we turned up the next day for the game, sat in the change room at court to two, uh, playing against Leeds, I think it was, and um, court to two in the change room, and he sat in the change room. <laughs> and I was sat there thinking, that's some competition he won. Not only does he get to train with us, he's going to hear the team talk and everything. <laughs> and and so, we're, so we're sat there and soon this name's the team, and then he goes, and the subs are, blah, blah, Ali Deer. I was like, what? <laughs> So he sat on the bench, and then about 20 minutes into the game, I was like, oh, I've, I've gone to cross a ball with my right foot, and the same little muscle, I've just felt it go a little bit more than the day before, and I thought, oh, I'm struggling a little bit there. I'm going to try and carry on. I tried and carry on for a little bit longer, and in the end, I just thought, no, if I do, if I carry on any longer, it's going to go. So I just I, I just signaled to the bench and went, oh, I've got to come off. And, uh, <laughs> and then I see, him, I see him warming up, and then I was like, Oh my God! At that point, I nearly went. I tell you what, I'll stay on, even with one leg. I'm staying on, <laughs> but I couldn't. So, uh, so yeah, the uh, so the, the player who is renowned as being the uh, the worst player the Premier League has ever seen, um, and the person he came on for was me. Yes. He is the one called Jason. He wears a permanent tan. So, ladies, he has what? the poise and demeanour of a confident young buck. It's a long old thing. But the reason women love him is because he loves a duck. Excellent work. And not forgetting Andy. Nearly finished. And not forgetting Andy with his thick and lustrous hair. Good work. He is a cunning linguist, a Mm. king of savoir faire. So let's hear it for the greatest matchup there has ever been. Brilliant. Here's to radio's finest, Messrs. Cundy and Goldstein. Oh, I mean, that is. That is, oh, we, we lost you for crazy. most of that. Can you do it again? <laughs> well, that's it for another Sports Bari thing. Uh, before I go, just time to tell you about a couple of things. Firstly, Asa, if you know what I'm talking about. Asa, if you don't, well, you're missing out and you won't have a clue what I'm talking about about how to download previous podcasts from ACAR, Spotify or Apple Pods. I mean, if you don't know that, then you're not in the game. Let me tell you again, let me remind you that on Drive Time today from 4pm, that's when the show begins, Adrian Durham and Darren Goff will be speaking to Liverpool's Sadio Mane. The full interview will go on air at half past five, but obviously you want to be listening from 4pm. That's it. Thanks so much for listening. Um, I hope you have a good day. Try and be kind and be nice and don't go out unless you need to. Keep your distance. And uh, above all, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. 
The TalkSport Daily podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.